Hello, Loose Lug Nation, and welcome to episode Jeff Gordon of Loose Lugs. How about that, Mark 24? Uh, also, we have locally, we have Nick Van. And how about back in the day, Dan Gracioni? Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, 24, Jeff Gordon, take the easy one there, buddy. You know, here's one for you from way, way back locally. How about Bob Schroeder? And you probably say, who's that? He had a 24 car. It was white, and it had a it had a mallard duck with a red 24 on it. And I remember that being one of my favorite paint jobs out at Apple Creek back in the day. Yeah, I think Dan Grace Allen did a 24. He for sure had the Rainbow Warrior colors on his car. I remember as a kid watching and you could relate it to what you saw on TV. So I always remember that was pretty cool looking. I think it was 24. I might be mistaken there, but anyway, he did carry the Jeff Gordon colors there for a while. You know, the only other 24 I can think of before Jeff Gordon was uh, Cecil Gordon. Um, he was a 24, a yellow car way back then. I don't think he ever won any races, but 24 wasn't a very popular number until uh, Jeff Gordon got a hold of it. Yeah, I think even Jeff Zwiers was a 24, and there was another one that I'm forgetting. I can't think of it right now, but 24 has been around for a while, and obviously Jeff Gordon made it famous at, on the national scene and uh, still around to this day doing the NASCAR on Fox broadcasts. That almost was a 46, very close. I think that had something to do with Days of Thunder back in the day. But, uh, yeah, they made it to 24, and huh, it's uh, popular ever since. You are correct. Yes, I do remember that story. Uh, boy, how that would have changed history, huh? Yeah, I was at that Daytona 500 when they were filming that race. And, uh, yeah, the 46 was out there, and they almost almost made Jeff Gordon that car. But uh, uh, I like 24 a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's hard to think about looking back. If it would be a 46, how would you feel? It just doesn't look right. Yeah, well, we would have got used to it, you know, so, but, uh, yeah, 24, that's the way it worked out. Yeah. Well, let's get into the NASCAR, NASCAR Gander Outdoor and, uh, Truck Series here. They were at Gateway. Actually, it's Worldwide Technology Motorsports Park now at, at Gateway. Uh, Zane Smith had the lead early. Um, Friesen and Derek Krause got into it a little bit, uh, made some contact, looked like Friesen got into Derek and then Johnny Sauter unfortunately breaks early on lap 27 or, or so around there. You know, it almost, you almost think of that place as a one-way group, but, uh, Derek Krause showed early that, uh, he was making that top groove work, uh, especially in one and two. Yeah. You can carry some momentum there on the high side if, if you have the truck to do it. So you can use the outside there. I was actually at uh, Gateway Motorsports Park, what it was called a few years ago. We went down there when the Arkham Midwest Tour was there and the truck race, and they had the um, USAC guys there. That was pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately, we had some weather, so we had to get out of the stands during that race. But um, that track was so cool to see, and that was actually the night that John West Townley and uh, Spencer Gallagher got in that fight. We were we were there for that in person. 
you call that a fight? They were just rolling around on a racetrack. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it was comical. And every once in a while, you still see them rumbling, rolling around. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should call it an argument more than a fight. Although there was a couple of blows that got in there. But uh, regardless here, uh, Johnny said his bell housing broke. And his quote was, it's the story of the year. Break shit you never broke before. Whatever. And you could just tell yeah. the no, I don't think he's ever said. He said he never had a bell housing break before, so that was new to him. It was, uh, yeah, brand new and uh, something he's never felt before. And yeah, he was the first one out. And... Yeah, I was thinking he was going to have a good run there. It's a track that he's been for before many a times. Had some success there, and it just uh, unfortunately went awry there early. Um, Todd Gillen was. Uh, the early leader here after uh, Zane Smith, he took the lead on lap 46 with 10 to go in stage one. He wins stage one. Then he chooses the outside for the restart with Zane Smith to the bottom, and Gillen was able to hold the lead there. I don't understand why there wasn't a competition caution. You know, all of this uh, racing through all every race has a competition caution. They didn't have one in this race. Yeah, that was surprising. I didn't even think about that until you just said it. They did not have one. That was strange. I was like, where's that at? You know, I thought they were going to, you know, maybe have a little caution at 25 or 30, and they just kept right on going, never talked about it, and then they raced on. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so then Christian Eckes goes to the inside of Moffitt and was able to get uh, by him for three, kind of moved Brett up the track a little bit. There was some aggressive racing going on here. And then a caution on lap 78 as Chandler Smith spins and backs it into the wall. He got extremely loose when he got to the inside of Ben Rhodes. Yeah, there was, isn't that, uh, yeah, that gateway is an interesting track, you know. Um, they were actually got the in car to find out if they were shifting. And uh, yeah, some guys shift and uh, there's, um, it's an interesting tight racetrack and it's easy to get into somebody there. Oh, absolutely. We saw many of guys have some issues there. Todd Gillen chose the outside after the caution and took the lead again. Uh, Eckes got by Zane for second. Todd Gillen won stage two as well. He had a good battle with Christian Eckes to start stage three, though. Yeah, yeah. It was a quite the entertaining race. Um, I thought that... Uh, that was uh, going to be right down to the final uh, final guys that were going to race it uh, to the finish, but uh, it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, Todd Gillen ended up winning that battle with Eckes, but then Eckes lost two spots after Mayer and him mix it up on the track, and Zane Smith also went by those guys. And then Eckes returned the favor to Mayer. He got back into them, uh, but Eckes hit the wall hard with a flat tire there. There was actually no yellow. And then Gilliland hit the wall after Sheldon Creed got into him, and Mayer took the lead. But there was a lot of action within two or three laps there. I think Gilliland. <laughs> I think he's going to remember that one. I think he might want to pay uh, Sheldon Creed back for that one. Uh, he'll remember that. Yeah, they're actually good friends. They said, and Creed didn't want to do that, obviously. But you know, when you do something, sometimes you have to stand up for yourself. So we'll see if something happens there. Todd actually had a pit, and Christian Eckes was damaged so much that he just went straight to the garage. There was another caution with 33 to go. Jennifer Joe Cobb slammed the wall. Yeah, she went straight. She forgot to turn, 
um, <laughs> literally. But I think uh, had a tire tire issue there. But um, usually she just rides in the back. You don't hear much from her. But yeah, she creamed the wall over there in turn two. Yeah, yeah, it was a hard hit. Uh, Christian Eckes. Then they interviewed him, and he said he got ran through, and the kid is a dummy, and he was referring to Sam Mayer there. Uh, but he had a problem at the end of stage two there. He said he had a vibration. So that kind of started that whole situation there. You know, Sam Mayer really kind of was the race there for a while. And, uh, you know, hey, speaking of number 24, um, Sam Mayer was running that. And, uh, hey, the Biff will be in there this weekend. But anyway, uh, Sam Mayer, I thought he was going to pull that baby off, but uh, um, he got snookered on a restart maybe from inexperience and, uh, but he's still got a top five. So. Yeah, he, uh, I thought he was going to win too, Mark. And he, he chose the outside with 28 to go. He held the lead over Creed, but then the caution with 18 to go, Austin Wayne self hit the wall hard. I uh, actually, Carson Hofsavar got into him and that started that melee. Um, and then Mayer took the lead um, or actually was on the outside with 13 to go coming back to green and Creed got such a good jump. Mayer actually went back to fifth and I have in my notes here what happened and it was just a terrible start for Sam Mayer. I don't think he spun his tires. He just looked like he got caught flat-footed and all of a sudden bang, bang, bang and he was uh, he didn't have clean air anymore and, but uh, still came home fourth. That's an impressive run by Sam Mayer <laughs> by far. Yep, I agree. Uh, Sheldon Creed goes on to take the win. Brett Moffitt was second. Austin Hill third. Sam Mayer fourth. And Stuart Friesen was your top five. Uh, Lassard, Zane Smith, Enfinger, Ty with the ninth. That's good run for him. And Tanner Gray was your top ten. Yeah, um, Derek Krause, he finished 13th. Um, he, as the race went on, it seemed like he faded more and more as the race went on. Um, Natalie Decker never, never really showed anything at all. So that's how our Wisconsin drivers, uh, did this weekend. Yeah. You know, uh, Derek was in good, a good spot a few weeks ago and now he's a little bit on the outside here. So he needs to put together a few good runs and get back into the, to the playoff picture here. Uh, maybe Ty can, uh, get a win and get in and we'll see what happens, but, they're they're both on the outside looking looking in now. Well, one at a time. We're going to the Lady in Black this weekend, so <laughs> wow, anything can happen with no practice there either. And there's going to be some drivers that's never been there before, and then go throw them on that racetrack. That ought to be entertaining. Yeah, and that actually was not on the original schedule. This is actually a makeup, uh, a one that got added late. So. It'll be interesting to see the trucks fly around the lady in black. Yeah, there's gonna be some, uh, there's gonna be some door dings and uh, wall scrapers, and yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll see how <laughs> that goes. It, it's definitely gonna be worth watching. The Darlington, Darlington is one of my favorites, so um, um, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be tuned in watching that one. Oh no doubt, the Darlington is so historic and puts on some good racing. I think a lot of people will be watching all weekend here. Yeah. Well, let's get into the Xfinity race here. Uh, Chase Briscoe was the early leader. Uh, pr it was pretty tame at the start until Jeffrey Earnhardt got into Joe Graff Jr. possibly. It was a hard replay to see what happened. That was on lap six. 
Uh, Graf had a ton of damage. Uh, Caesar Buccarella also brushed the wall there. And then NASCAR had the competition caution in the Xfinity Series, and they ruled that one to be the competition caution right away. And this was at Daytona. You know, Joe Graf, that I don't know how you can get all them parts and pieces off the track. You had definitely had a blower or something. I never seen so many pieces exploding off of the right side of that car. It was just crazy. It just left litter everywhere down the backstretch. Um, it was quite comical to see how that truck was falling apart. Fenders were fl- <laughs> flapping in the air and everything. It was just crazy how that how that truck or how that car was coming apart. So uh, kind of entertaining. Yeah, it almost looked like when an Indy car crashes on an oval, it was just debris scattered everywhere. And, you know, you kind of expect that for Daytona, but um, that, that was a lot more than uh, usual. Well, then the restart, it was a little more racy. Briscoe still was your leader. Justin Haley, Ross Chastain hook up on the top, and then there was a caution on lap four, 14. Uh, Cesar Buccarella had more problems there, wrecked pretty hard. Yeah, that was probably damaged from before. It was really amazing um, how the teams were trying to work together. You actually seen the team guys that were, um, yeah, there were different teams were, and they were all in line with each other. Um, the outside line, unbelievable, was not working. It uh, not like the Cup Series. The Cup Series, the outside groove worked all all night, but in Xfinity, the guys would try to go up high, and it just didn't have the speed up there that night. Yeah, it was starting to work for um, Haley and Chastain, but that only that they fell off after a little bit, so they had to go back and regroup and see what they could do there. But on the restart there, Burton was challenging for the lead after Briscoe got down in front of Sindrick with Brandon Jones pushing Burton here, and uh, that's Harrison Burton. And then Briscoe got back in the lead, and the outside lane started to fade there. Yeah, that was the that was the the story all night that that outside group just just couldn't get hooked up. It was uh, unreal. Otherwise, you would have seen a lot more side by side racing. Um, um, kind of strange. Guys tried to make it work, but it just didn't come around. Yeah, and we should also note that the junior motorsports cars actually came down on that previous caution to get fuel and tires, so they didn't have to take as much fuel at the end of the stage, so they could actually gain some track position there. I thought that was a pretty slick move. Yeah, try to do some uh, do some uh, strategies, do do things that uh, other people don't, and uh, see how that works out. You know, sometimes that works for you, sometimes it don't. Yep, and uh, Justin Haley was able to take the lead a few laps later. Briscoe and Cindric decided to go to the top lane when they saw the Junior Motorsports cars hooking up on the top and start to come. Well, that was a mistake because Justin Haley ended up uh, taking the lead away from the Fords. Yeah. Yeah, then there was a caution on lap 25 for Jeffrey Earnhardt and Cody Vanderwell. They wrecked. B.J. McLeod also got damage out of that. Haley was still your leader. He had a really good restart, and he won stage one. It got pretty competitive there at the end of the stage, as you expect. Uh, he blocked Sindrick and Chastain was to the inside of Sindrick, so Sindrick had no other choice than to push Haley to that win. Yeah, so that was a, that was a good – Finished. That was like, hey, that they kind of mentioned this. This is just the first stage, and that, that was just like a finish trying to run to the caution, you know, to the checker flag there. So, um, quite entertaining. Uh, Ross Chastain was able to win the race off of pit road. Some drivers did stay out. Timmy Lee, Timmy Hill was your leader, 
Ryan Sieg uh, was up there, but he got some damage on the restart that hurt him. AJ Allmendinger gets uh, gets the lead a lap later, and Colleg Racing started their dominance from there on out. Man, are they fast or what? I mean, they were hooked up and they were on their way for sure. Yeah, uh, Jones and Briscoe made contact when they were three wide with Moffitt, and a big wreck happens. Uh, Alex LeBay, Justin Algar, Noah Gregson, Brandon Brown, Daniel Hemrick, Myatt Snyder, Tommy Joe Martins, uh, Kobe Howard, Anthony Alfredo, all involved. And it looked like maybe the 19 came down a little bit to start that, but it was it was close. Yeah, I think I think there was a little with, with Briscoe there, so that uh, that started it. And then, uh, yep, that's how you wad them all up. That's what happens. <laughs> that's Daytona for you. Yep, easy to happen there. Actually, Michael Annette may have got a piece of that too. Um, it was close, but he did get a piece of it. So AJ Allmendinger was still your leader. He went to the bottom to join his teammate after the restart, and then a caution on lap 47. Justin Allgaier loses a tire, and then Alex LeBay, Joey Gase, uh, Clements, Brown, Snyder, Sieg, Mills, and Harmon all get involved in that one. That caused a red flag. Yeah, that was a red flag. That was just not the first big one, but that was the second big one. So, yeah, the, the, the tire let go on Allgaier, and that's, that brought that all out. Elmendinger and Sindrick battle for the lead on the restart. Elmendinger prevails there. And then a caution on lap 53 for debris. You know, we don't see a lot of debris cautions now nowadays, but there was one there. Yeah, wasn't wasn't that a um, um, crush panel? It seemed like it was, uh, if I remember right, it was on the back stretch. It was a crush panel. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. It was up against the wall. It was flipping around in the wind, but uh, yeah, there was metal on the track, so they had to uh, they had to throw a caution on that one. Yep. Some drivers pit under this caution. Herbst was your leader. Uh, Galding, with the help from Colleg, was uh, battling Herbst for the lead, and he got it. So Gray Galding had a fantastic run this night. Uh, he went to the barn and started stalling out both lines. Um, there was only about 10 cars left in this race at this point without damage though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, only a hundred lap race, you know, um, that makes it aggressive. So, you know, it's a kind of a short race. hundred laps goes fast there. Gray also blocked AJ in the trioval and almost goes around into turn one. AJ was able to pass Galding on the backstretch and he, and AJ goes on to win the stage there. Uh, nice to see Greg Galding, though, up there, a low-funded team, a guy who we've seen rise through the ranks, had success up until, you know, this point where it's hard to get into a ride if you don't have a ton of money and all that. But he had a fantastic night, so it was nice to see him up there and contending for a stage win. Yeah, that, that uh, with a run like that, that could get him a ride later on down the line for sure. Absolutely, it could. Um so AJ leads on the restart and it quickly became a colleague one, two, three again. Uh, Sieg had a pit with 32 to go. He had some rear damage. They started running the top and Haley was doing a good job blocking, but with 11 to go, he got shuffled out to sixth. Sindrick got by Briscoe a little while later. So it was AJ Ross, Sindrick, Briscoe and Annette with 10 to go. Um, getting later and later here in the race, you knew it was starting to get interesting and two to go they started to shuffle uh briscoe got shuffled out haley ended up getting back up to fourth 
um, at the white flag. AJ was leading, Ross was second, Cindric third, Haley fourth, and Herbst was fifth. And Justin Haley got the win. So I just said he was fourth at the white flag. He takes the win. Chastain and Almondinger make contact. AJ racks, Ross racks, Michael Nett hit the wall. Cindric hit AJ pretty hard. And uh, wow, what a what a finish to this one. Greg Galding finished second in the race. Briscoe was third, Herps fourth, and Harrison Burton rounds out your top five. Um, what an unbelievable last lap there. Yeah, Chastain said that was the biggest sucker hole he ever saw. Um, when he came off a of turn two down the backstretch on the last lap, it was uh, he said, I lost the race. It was over. And then uh, Haley gave him a shot. I mean, just absolutely hit him in the rear end and sent him on his way. And he saw a little bit of an opening, and A.J. Uh, came down. Chastain said, I wish he would have did it uh, a little bit more aggressively instead of casually come down. And it was just a little bit of contact. And teammates take each other out. And uh, But Haley, Haley cut low and got through there. And, yeah, did Joe. Oh my! Was that a hell of a hit by uh, by the twenty two car, huh? That was that was crazy, Cindric. He and when he hit Almendinger, and everybody just kind of held their breath for a minute to make sure AJ was all right, and uh, he got out of there. But uh, wow, that was a grinder there. But uh, yeah, typical typical Daytona coming for the checkered flag, and they they wadded him up there. So i thought that aj had a great interview after you know frustration ross was frustrated but at the end of the day he was like you know what Collie got the win that's what we're here for it was unfortunate and he understood what ross was doing there and i thought he handled himself pretty well i was i walked away with that with a smile i was like you know what i know they're probably both frustrated with each other at themselves but at the end of the day their company won and that's what they're there to do and it was uh aj really had a great interview ross was good too but AJ really stood out to me. Yeah, and they uh, they actually commented on NASCAR Hub about how much those guys uh, did a great job. You know, <laughs> it could be so frustrating. You're out there, you know, trying so hard, and then all of a sudden it comes out to be like that. But, uh, yeah, the teammates take each other. Apparently, they said they're all the best of friends, you know. So, um, yeah, they're just happy that the uh, the owner got the, the trophy. And, and once again, we'll move on. Uh, we'll move on also to Darlington for them people too. So. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, uh, sixth was Ross Chastain. He actually still finished sixth. Michael Lynette was seventh. Cindric eighth. Uh, Josh Williams was ninth. And Jesse Little, tenth. So you see some smaller funded teams up there with great finishes, which is always nice to see too. Yeah, Ch- Chastain was a shower of sparks limping back to the to the, uh, to the checkered flag. So but uh, typical Daytona race. Um, it was a... Uh, Quite entertaining. Like I say, uh, only a hundred lap race, so it gets a little bit aggressive, you know. You got to make it happen, and uh, so. Yep, absolutely. Um, so let's get into the Cup Series. Also at Daytona, Kevin Harvick leads at the start. Uh, Keselowski pushed Truex to the lead a short while after. Uh, some swapping was going on early. Byron and Bowman uh, started coming on the top as well. You just mentioned earlier that the Cup Series had the top rolling and. It was going early. You see all the sparks? Holy smokes, there was so many cars that were bottoming out. Well, I never seen so much sparks that was going on until they got to uh, come in and pit and kind of get them cars off the racetrack. It seemed like everybody was bottoming out. 
yeah, yeah, there was a lot of sparks there, and it was, uh, man, when it's light, when it's dark out too, those sparks you just see a ton of them, you know. Yeah, <laughs> makes it entertaining, but uh, you would think that would kind of slow you down. But uh, once again, no practice, so you know they uh, have to figure out on the go. And it seemed like uh, the sparking went away as uh, as the race went on, so everybody got their their car off the racetrack. So. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Harvick had a lot of debris on his nose. He had a drop to the back and he got it off by tucking underneath Newman there. Uh, majority went st- single file after that. Byron was leading. And then the co- competition caution comes on lap 21. Yeah. That debris on Harvick's car, uh, there was so much that was on there. I didn't think it was going to come off. And, and I think he said something that was starting to get up to 300 degrees. <laughs> so, so she got real hot, but, uh, his spotter covers, uh, yeah, spotter, keep going, get closer, you know, and all of a sudden, whoop, and then he just seen it go off. It was amazing how much trash was on the front of Harvick's car at that time. Yeah, yeah, when when you're running up front, you know, that's that's where it happens. You get some stuff on the grill. It's easy. We see it so often, you know, it just, a lot of trash happens. I don't know. Can't can't race fans put their garbage in the train, uh, <laughs> the garbage. Um, but very many fans. Well, there was some fans there. Um, you know, it's kind of you got to look real close because of the colored seats there at Daytona. But uh, yes, they had fans there at Daytona. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. It was good to see. Uh, William Byron leads off of pit road. The top is where it was to be uh, after the restart. But then the Gibbs cars started making some hay. Uh, you had the 20 of Jones, Kyle Busch, and Denny Hamlin really coming on the bottom. They were able to take the lead away. And then Hamlin went to the top and maybe got a bump, bump from Kenseth, and they lose some spots there. Yeah, yeah. So wrong line, wrong wrong place, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. Everybody, uh, there were some guys who got by Hamlin, and everyone who got by Hamlin slid up to the top in front of him, and, um, he went back a little bit. Then the bottom lane was coming and was better. William Byron went back to lead. There was a lot of shifting as far as lanes. You know, if you could get a good run on the bottom, you could get by. If you get ahead, a good run on the top, you could get by if everyone was on the bottom. And that's typical Daytona, but it was there was a lot of swapping going back and forth. And it's amazing, yeah, that everybody made it work for so long, you know, and it was just inevitable that that, that was not going to last at the end. You just knew – uh, that the action was really going to happen at the very end of the way. But that, they were so aggressive. Man, that was, that was an aggressive race during that whole time. Very, very aggressive. So then the top lane started coming back in, and Logano took the lead. Uh, but then the Chevys went back to the bottom and tried to get some points in the end of the stage. Uh, Reddick, Johnson, Byron, and Bowman all trying to work the bottom to get up there, get those guys some points. Chase Elliott had an opportunity to get to the bottom to help his teammates, and he didn't take it. Yeah, that was strange. All of a sudden, it was just um, wondering why he didn't go down there. He uh, held his line. There was a couple times there was some drivers. Uh, I know Byron did that to Johnson in the race, too, that Johnson was, you know, because he was he was fighting for anything and everything he could get his hands on. Um, probably trying to be the most aggressive driver out there. And he cut down and, uh, wow, his partner just didn't stay there. The freight train stayed on the top and, and moved on. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. I even said it to my wife. I said, wow, Chase did not go down there. I can't believe that. And she kind of just shook her head like, yeah, she was kind of surprised too watching it. 
Uh, Logano goes on to win the stage. There were some anxious moments at the end, though. That, that was uh, really aggressive. Yeah, that was uh, all good stuff, but uh, going for them stage points. And uh, a lot of them other guys are fighting for points. And, and then some guys were just there just to get a win, and that's what they were trying to work on. That was that was the main prize that everybody was trying to get was the, the win at the end. Yep, yep. Um, so Keselowski and Harvick, we're going to bring them back to green, but some people pit with one to go to green to get – as much fuel as they could. So uh, Bell and Jones were going to lead him back to green and Jones got a better push on the top from Johnson. He took the lead there. Um, and then he got single file for a little bit. For a lot of it. How's that? <laughs> but we just, just logging laps, you know, just that's uh, the way it goes there for sometimes just logging laps and just uh, and cruising along. Yeah. Um, you know, some, uh, some Chevy guys come down on pit road on lap 16 Toyotas uh, lap lap later, most of the Chevys and Toyotas. There were some that weren't following that plan. Uh, the Fords and others came with one to go to green. So they might not be good on fuel. There was a big debate there. And I think I was talking with you when this happened. I thought, Oh, the Fords might be in trouble here. Um, but Kyle Bush was up in the front and he was told to give up the lead to save fuel and Suarez and Ty Dillon went by him. And Bubba and Corey LaJoy did as well. So, so there's some names that were at the front for a little bit too, helping out the other guys that needed to save some fuel. So, yeah, it was crazy. There was packs of cars all around the track and, and all kinds of different strategies that were going on at that time. Yeah, and the pack of guys, uh, the Chevys and Toyos that did pet, were catching the laters by one second per lap. And I have here, if that was the case, it'll be close. And it got close. Um, Dylan... Wallace and LaJoy pit from the lead pack. Uh, Logano took the lead with 10, 10 or so to go in the stage. And the Chevy guys and Toyota guys caught the pack with five to go. And it got interesting from there. Yep. And then it came back with the same result that Logano came back and got that stage win too. So, but it was all crazy dicing around again. Um, but uh, everybody brought it home uh, for that second stage. Yeah. Kyle Busch had a pit. Coming back to three to go, Johnson was making some moves. Johnson finished fifth in the stave, and uh, Matty D was seventh. Byron actually did not get stage points. And the reason I have that in my notes is those three guys were really fighting it out on points. And uh, it was close. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was emphasizing on those three, the 48, the 21, and the 24. That's where, uh, where it all came about to see who was going to get in. Yeah, it was – a lot of jostling at the end of the stage. Sometimes you see people wreck coming back to the green and white checker flag there at the end of the stage. Luckily that didn't happen in the two stages here, but uh, definitely was aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a typical finish, but they were fighting for it. So that's, uh, that's how that works. Joey Logano and Martin Truex Jr. Lead them back to green after the stage end. Uh, Truex got the lead there. Hamlin and Chastain were penalized for pitting too soon. Obviously those were some guys that, uh, didn't get it all full or didn't pit when those other guys pit and needed to come a little early. Uh, Jimmy was really aggressive making moves and goes to the top and was trying to get by as many people as he could. And then Truex blocks. And then in turn one, he got strung out on the top there for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, the camera was on him mostly for all night, you know, rightfully so, you know, seven time champion. He was trying everything in his power to try to make anything that he could possibly work there. So, um, quite entertaining. 
The next note I have here is point positions are tight going back and forth. This is crazy with 40 to go. Um, while Ty Dillon was slow at the, on the top at one point, and they had to go four wide to get through three and four, that was interesting. If you've ever been to Daytona and watch a race there, you probably figure that there's no way that you can make four wide there. It's just not that wide. Yeah, even when you and I went a few years ago after the Snowball Derby, we trekked it over to Daytona. I'm looking at that track, and I'm like, I don't see where four cars could fit side by side here. It, and then you watch the race, and it's amazing that they do it. <laughs> yeah, it don't last long, though, you know. But sometimes when they do it, you, you then stand by because you're you're about to get some uh, major action when they do that. You can't you can't hold four wide around that place. No, no. Um, so Kyle Busch took the lead for a little bit, and Ryan Blaney had a big moment when 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 they were three when they were four wide as well. He was getting pushed by Jones, and yeah, that was that was interesting there again with him. Uh, the Chevys decide to pit with thirty five to go. They took fuel only. The Toyos came the next lap, same thing, fuel only. And the majority of the Fords pit with 29 to go. Yeah, so the strategy was on then. So it was uh, coming to the run here at the end. So, But uh, everybody, manufacturers, all hung together with their teammates pretty much uh, through that whole sequence. Yep, Toyotas and Chevys were able to blow by the Fords there, pitting one lap earlier. Then Joey Logano got in front of Bubba Wallace, but Bubba went low. It was Logano was it was kind of aggressive there with Bubba getting a push, and Stenhouse didn't go with Bubba. He thought about it, but then he tucked back in behind Logano, and Bubba lost a position or two there. Yeah, he had a heck of a run going all of a sudden at the end there. You know, Bubba how runs good at uh, restrictor plate racing. You know, you always see him at the end. He's always up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Kyle Busch was still your leader. Stenhouse started coming on the bottom, and I have here that would shake things up because he was a guy, if he got a win, he'd be in the playoffs, and then those guys would be in a tough situation. Um, Jimmy pulled up in front of Newman. That was very, very close. Uh, that was with 20 to go. Newman lifted, and <laughs> you, that don't happen very often. If he didn't lift, he would have put him in the fence. And they had the in-car on, and also you could hear them feather the motor and let Jimmy in. Um, <laughs> otherwise, normally, normally, uh, if that would have been the last lap, Jimmy would have been eating some concrete on that one. Yep, I have that here, too. Newman lifted a bunch to let Jimmy in, um, something you do not see out of Newman very often. But, you know, in thinking back, maybe this didn't play a factor, but I thought about it at the time, too. I thought – Maybe the whole thing that happened the last time he was at the Daytona Oval, maybe that played in his mind a little bit, and he took his foot off the throttle a little bit. You don't know, but you also don't want to wreck, right? If you don't lift, you wreck. So, well, you got to finish, right? Somehow you got to finish, and that's uh, that was using his head on that one, but uh, that could have caused a major wreck there. Oh yeah. Uh, then there was a caution with 17 to go. James Davison had some issues. He hit the wall. Uh, the Daytona scoreboard I found out during this thing lit up to just 48s on lap 48. That was a cool tribute. So that was earlier in the race, but um, a decent amount do pit under the caution, including Harvick, Jimmy, and Byron. So uh, that was interesting. Brendan Gone, who was making his last start, was involved in the last uh, caution as well. And Kyle Busch was your leader when we went back to green with 13 to go. 
Well, William Byron said he just he needed tires. He said it would help the handling, and uh, wow, that uh, that was probably a winning move for him. Yeah, yep. Um, Harvick went to the middle and made it three wide. Jimmy went with them. That was with twelve to go. Definitely was starting to ramp up with ten to go. Hamlin went to the top. Kyle joins in front. Um, Kurt Busch went to the bottom for the lead. Reddick was using the third lane to get to second. Then he went to the bottom and slid up in front of Kyle, and they hit the wall. Uh, Kyle, Kurt, Stenhouse, Priest, Newman, Jones, Dylan, McDowell, and Matty D got a piece of it too. Um, he was going to be okay, but that was a very aggressive move by Tyler Reddick. I think if he made it a split second sooner, they might have been okay. But he had to go out and win that race, and he knew it, and he tried to do it. I don't know. I do not know if the eight actually got into the fence. Um, they, they said it on the announcers, uh, the announcers did. I looked at it. It was downright close, but, uh, you know, Kyle had a checkup and then, uh, Eric Jones got a little bit squirrely. And then all of a sudden once when there was contact and it, it exploded right there. Yeah, it was close. I think he was in the wall. I saw some paint spraying off the front of his car. So I, I think he did. It was, you couldn't tell definitely, but I have to believe he did. Uh, that brought out the red flag with eight to go. You know, and maybe his spotter was talking in his ear because at one time he was clear, but the angle that he had and then shoot up like that, yeah, he was just he was a half a second too late on that, and uh, well, eight to go, and and it was on. It's uh, too bad how that happened. Uh, it would have been a lot more interesting uh, ending, and a lot of drivers were uh, not too happy with uh, Reddick. Um, and he took uh, he took the blame for it. He he said it was a dumb move, and he's a rookie, and he'll learn from it, and we'll move on. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, he had to do what he had to do. It was unfortunate for other people, but he's going for the win. If he wins, he's in, and he's had a great rookie season, and that would have made it much better. Anytime you can get the win, you have to try, and unfortunately it went wrong, but he had to do what he had to do. Uh, Martin Truex had some damage from this as well, actually a bunch of damage. Um, Denny Hamlin and Reddick led him back to green with five to go. Denny chose the top lane. He was the leader. Newman had the quote of the night when he came out of the infield care system, though. He said, Reddick ran out of talent. He can win a few Xfinity champions, but still sticks his head where the sun don't shine. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and uh, make the comment, and then uh, yeah, move on. It turns out to be frustrating, but uh... – yeah, they were coming out one at a time, coming out of the infield care center, you know, and they were all um, having a comment about that. But, you know, you can't take it back after it happened. So, yeah, that was uh, I was laughing on that one as we're as they went back to Green. They they went back to Newman there quickly. Uh, Logano was pushing Denny out initially on the restart, but Reddick came back. Busher and Chase were behind Reddick. Logano got a huge push that brings Hamlin to the lead. Boyer to third. Kenseth was right there as well. Um, Logano almost wrecked three wide from third on back. Byron makes it four wide when he goes to the inside of Bubba for a second after Hamlin had shoved Logano and Logano got loose and hit Bubba. And that was the start of the melee. Huge wreck. Uh, Logano goes around. Kenseth was involved. Johnson, uh, Matt DiBenedetto got another piece of this one. Bell, Reddick, Bowman, Custer, Suarez, and Nemechek all involved. And Jimmy's car was hurt bad. He was able to get huh. back on the track, but that was, uh, man, tough, tough that was, deal. 
it was still done. You know, the, the tire, the uh, the splitter was wedged underneath the tire, so the front left tire wasn't spinning. Thought he's done, you know. But uh, they uh, they brought it back out, and um, and uh, still finished the race. But yeah, that that car was uh, crushed all the way around. <laughs> I thought he was gonna get by, but then he had a lift for someone that crowded him up to the top, and Kenseth was losing it, and Kenseth got into the door in the front end of the 48. And I think if Jimmy didn't have to lift there, he would have been full throttle and would have been okay. But unfortunate for him, uh, they try, they tried to get as many points and try to get in front of Matt D and couldn't do it. Um, they brought the saws out. Um, Denny and, and Byron brought him back to green and overtime here. Byron went to the lead. He could have had damage on that tire. Remember they were four wide and he got hit. So there was some nervous, People in that pit and on the telecast, Christopher Bell was in second. Truex was on the top going for the league. And another big wreck coming back to the checker. William Byron wins. He didn't necessarily have to win to get in, but it certainly helped him. His first win, awesome race. Daytona puts on a show, and this was no exception. Well, he gets five extra – he gets five points for that, you know, for for winning that race. And – yeah, there was some uh, there was some wrecks that were going on. I mean, Boyer busted the wall in turn two. You know, and you're just like, is the caution going to come out? And they kept it green. And then there's a few more that got uh, smashed up in turn three, and they kept it kept it going. Um, they talked on NASCAR Channel 90, on, and um, and they were talking to the officials, and they said as long as they're still moving and they're not in harm's way, they kept the green flag out and. And uh, I like that idea. That's so much better than throwing a caution like in turn three and try to figure out who won the race. Yeah, I completely agree with that as well. They said it on the teleclass on NBC as well. While it was going on, they said they should stay green here because the officials made that clear before. Before, if they're not in harm's way, it's it's fair game. So, uh, yep, Boyer hit the wall hard. Harvick did as well. Uh, Corey LaJoy got spun on the backstretch. Ty Dillon and Almirola got involved as well. Uh, Chase Elliott finished second to Byron. Hamlin was third. Truex fourth. Bubba Wallace was your fifth finisher. Then Blaney, Bowman, Brendan Gaughan, Chris Buescher, and Brad Kozlowski was your top ten. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. Brendan Gaughan's last race, he got a top ten. He was speaking about he just wanted the best finish possible. Great job by him. He's a guy we saw one at Road America in the Xfinity Series a few years ago and a guy that just loves the sport and does so much for it. So it was great to see him end his career with a good finish. Yeah, yeah, he's a good old boy. Uh, we, we got to sit and talk to him for a little bit down at Iowa, I believe, right? We saw him at Iowa and he chatted with us for a little bit. He's a good old boy. Oh, yeah, just a good guy to talk to. Loves the sport, as I mentioned. And um, kudos to him and that team. That was That was cool to see, but... How about William Byron gets it done when he needed to, and he's going in the playoffs with a win that can bring some momentum to your team. Yeah. We didn't know if that back tire was going to make it. We were watching on helicopter cam, you know, they were waiting for the helicopter to come around and look at that back left tire when they're under a red flag and definitely see the lettering was off of it. But uh, um, there was no tire rub or nothing there. And he made it, he made it work. Uh once when that red flag, that accident came in there, he shot four wide. There was just enough room to get in there between. Uh, I know Bubba Wallace was on the outside and the 22 was on the inside. He just kind of 
shot the you know shot the the, the needle there through there and uh, he made it work and that was the winning move and so uh, yeah good for him hey another number twenty four right there buddy twenty four William Byron we're still on the uh, podcast twenty four here so huh yeah imagine that yeah yeah um, so Jimmy Johnson does not advance man. You know, I haven't been the biggest Jimmy Johnson fan when I was younger, and maybe it's part of me maturing and being, you know, maybe the announcing helps me a little bit and really respect what these guys do. I've always respect what the guys do, but I think maybe the maturing of myself growing up and saying, you know, these guys are just trying to do the best they can. They love the sport. They're going out there. And I just feel for him. He gave up points by getting DQ'd at Charlotte. He missed a race due to COVID. And the one thing I forgot to mention on the last podcast was he wrecked on the final stage of stage one at Darlington when we came back to racing. And there was, if he wins that stage, that's 10 points. Even if he that's still wrecks out that's 10 points, he would have made it in. And so, so unfortunate for him to not be in the playoffs in his last year. I, I just really feel bad for him and his team and a guy who seven championships, man, only two other guys have done it. We didn't know if we'd ever see it again, and what a what a career for this guy. And unfortunately, it's going to end this way. But you know what? There's ten races for him to get a couple of wins yet. You know, he went down swinging and everything. And I don't think you you still haven't seen the end of Jimmy Johnson. He said he's just not racing full time. I mean, you might still see him at Indy, and you might see him at the 500 and stuff like that. I think uh, you're you're going to see him race at selected races. I don't think he's just going to ride off into the sunset just yet. Yeah, he has said that, but I just think, you know, he's never going to be in the playoffs again unless something changes and all that. But you know what? I'm also hap- happy for Matt Benedetto, guy who's scratched and clawed his way up from little team, little team, gets in a, a decent ride and makes the playoffs and shows what he's capable of doing. Almost won Bristol last year for Levine Family Racing, and he's with the Wood Brothers this year. And good for that team to be in the playoffs, too. Yeah, we'll see how far he can go. But, yeah, yeah he, he's in top 16, and he made it. And, uh, yeah, he's quite humble and you know, pretty happy about it. And uh, good for him. like to see the little guy get in there and see what he does. Mix it up here in the playoffs and see what happens. Yep. Well, let's talk about the points as we're getting into here. Um, so, speaking of Matt Benedetto, he's going to be 16th in the standings with 2,000 points. He does not have any playoff points. Kurt Busch is 15th. He has one, so he's sitting at 2,001. Kyle Busch only has three playoff points. He's 14th at 2,003. Clint Boyer is 13th at 2,004. Eric Almirola is 12th at 2,005. Uh, Custer is 11th with the same amount, and Austin Dillon is 10th with 2,005. Um, so that's 10th through 16th. Then William Byron, due to his win in some other stage um Stage points, he's at 2,007. He sits ninth. Alex Bowman is also at, uh, or he's at 2,009. Ryan Blaney at 2,013, he's seventh. Truex is sixth, 2,014 points. And then we get into the top five. Chase Elliott, fifth, 2,020. Joey Logano, fourth, 2,022. Brad Kozlowski, third, 2,029. And there's a little bit of a gap now getting into the top two. Denny Hamlin is second with 2,047 points, and Kevin Harvick is your point leader going into the playoffs, 2,057 points. 
Well, Harvick and Hamlin are pretty much guaranteed to they're going to make the next round. So they have such a such a huge lead over everybody else. So it's uh, 14 guys that are going to fight for two uh, two spots. I think at the end here, um, that's uh, pretty much the way it looks. That Harvick and Hamlin, pretty much I see is going to looks like they're going to make it all the way in. So we'll see. I never want to say never though, because you know what? If Kevin Harvick or Denny Hamlin has two bad races, Austin, they're sitting out. So you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. I would think that they would advance, like you said, but I never want to say never. Anything can happen. Anything can happen, but it sure looks that way. If I was in Vegas, I'd be putting my money on it there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hear you there. Uh, so the penalties from the weekend, there was only one. Riley Herbst in the Xfinity Series had an improperly mounted ballast in the pre-race. There's a couple of times we've talked about that this year. I don't know what's going on with that, but he lost 10 owner and driver points there. No other tech issues. How about that? Yeah, everybody did well. So um, that's strange, but good deal. Everybody's uh, cleaned up, cleaned it up. Yeah. So let's get into the news here. Trevor Bain is driving for Nice Motorsports this weekend at Darlington. He's had two years out of NASCAR. He gets back in with Nice and will drive a truck at Darlington. Uh, Greg Zipidilli announced that he expects no driver change with Stuart Haas Racing. You know, that's been a hot topic with Kyle Larson being in the mix. You know, and they also said at one point a few years ago that Daniel Suarez would still be with the team and he wasn't the next year. So you never know what they said. He, they expect no driver changes. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of Stuart Haas Racing, Eric Almarola signed on for 2021 with Smithfield. And then, Mark, this was a little surprising to me. Jermaine might be for sale. That's Ty Dillon in the 13 car. So they're talking about maybe getting out of NASCAR. Um, they've had Geico for sponsor for a long time, started with Casey Mears, I believe, and then Ty Dillon. Um, that, would be, that would be sad if that happened. Well, it sounds like Geico's getting out because they don't have a sponsor for next year. Um, so... Um, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, I know they're kind of a satellite to uh, um, Childress, so um, we'll see what happens with Geico and where they want to go. You know, they, they sponsor uh, the regular Cup Series, you know, so there's sponsorships in there, but there's apparently they're going away from the 13 car, and that's leaving them guys in limbo. Yeah, and that would be unfortunate too if they lost, uh, if we lose a sponsor in the sport as well. I know they're still going to be on the Cup Series potentially, but not to have it on a car. They always put out some good paint schemes, and always nice to see sponsors on the car. So that would be that would be unfortunate, you know. And there's been a lot of rumors with Ty Dillon over the last year or two that he might be looking at more of a career on the business side of things and taking over for Childress or learning the business with his dad. Um, so. Maybe that happens. Maybe he finds a ride at Childress or a different ride. Who knows? But we'll see what happens in the next few weeks here. William Byron extended his contract with Hendrick Motorsports through 2022. That was actually signed prior to his win at Daytona. So that was already done, but it got announced after. Greg Biffle is open to returning to the Cup Series full time, but it has to be in the right situation. And then Steve Phelps went on and had a little press conference here. And the highlights from that were there will be no infield access until there's a COVID-19 vaccine. 
there's going to be likely new venues in addition to Nashville on the schedule next year. The 2021 schedule could come out in pieces due to the unknown here, and the Daytona 500 would likely still run in February, but never say never, he said. Yeah, he also mentioned that Governor Ron DeSantos, the Florida governor, said there will be no shutdowns due to this virus anymore. And so NASCAR sees that, and they're going to go full steam ahead with Speed Weeks next year. So, hey, buddy, you want to go? Yeah, you know, you and I had talked about going, but with the situation, I think we're going to have to wait another year at least. Uh, uh, we'll <laughs> I know. I know, but we'll, we'll make it down there. You know that. So, you know, we got Winchester 400 coming up next year. Uh, maybe some other things. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I know we have some big travel plans coming up in the next year or two. Yeah, you, you gave me a little heads up about uh, Winchester and, and uh, Oktoberfest. Yeah, so Winchester Speedway had announced on Twitter that they are not going to be running the same weekend as Oktoberfest next year. And it was funny because Travis Braden has been one of the biggest advocates for switching the weekends. And I interviewed him for the podcast a few weekends ago with the um, Dixieland 250. And him and I spoke a lot about that and how it would be so beneficial for the fans and the cars and the crews and the teams to go to both potentially. And I think Winchester and Oktoberfest have finally heard enough of it that Winchester decided that it will not be run on the same weekend. So that's, that's awesome news. I was so happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. If you figure big races like that, why should they bump heads, you know, because uh, anybody coming from down South uh, that kind of stops them from coming up this way, you know, or vice versa, it stops our guys from going down there. So I say our guys, our Midwest boys go down there and race the Southern boys. So yeah, it's good that there's apparently some communication there and trying to make it work. I'm all for that. Oh, absolutely. And I know Travis Braden is excited about it as well. Um, great, great decision there. Got to separate them. They're, it's two of the biggest races in the country all year long. You can't have them on the same weekend. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Good deal. All right. Well, that's it for the news for this week. Uh, remember, the Xfinity Series will be running Saturday at 1130 Central on NBC Sports Network. The trucks will be running Sunday at 1 o'clock Central on Fox Sports 1, and the cup will follow at 5 o'clock Central on NBC Sports Network. So Darlington weekend, a lot of great paint schemes out there for throwback weekend. I just saw another one. Uh, Dirty Mo Media is going to be on the Spire Motorsports number 77. It's a Dale Earnhardt old paint scheme from 1976 that he only ran once, and most people – probably don't remember this, but as soon as I saw the car, I was like, I've seen that paint scheme before and go out to dirty mold media and listen to the interview with Dale jr. And see the car. It's beautiful. Yep. I saw it yesterday. They revealed it yesterday and it's real simple, but wow, is that sharp? That was a pretty cool car. And um, yeah, they, um, when they simplify it like that, it makes some cars look really sharp. Yeah. I remember that paint job. So uh, um they said, if you get a Darlington stripe on it, Junior wants the door, right? Right away, he said, I, if you give a door stripe on it, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, 
So, and that also brings a new sponsorship into the sport, right? Dirty Mo Media, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s company. They sponsor a car now, so there's another sponsor getting into it. Uh, another thing that I saw before we hopped on here, too, speaking about news, is Bubba Wallace picked up another sponsor with Kingsford. So he's picking up some sponsors in a time where sponsorship is in question. So good for him. Good for Richard Petty Motorsports as of right now. We'll see where he ends up. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing all the old school paint schemes. I know uh, uh, Ty is running the old Brewster paint scheme in the truck series. It's such a great weekend to see all the beautiful paint schemes. Uh, reminiscing about good times and racing and and it'll be good racing again this weekend always on a holiday weekend good racing and then uh hey uh let's uh give a minute here to uh tonight out at kakana um there is some major point racing going on um too bad we uh the weather kind of dampened dampened (laughs) the track and our spirits last weekend last week uh too bad uh, that didn't work out. That could have really made the points really uh, more interesting this, tonight. But uh, there are some major point races going on at Kakana tonight. Weather looks super. And there's, hey, there's even free beer on the line after. I'll buy you a beer afterwards. How's that, Lauren? <laughs> yeah, I'll buy you one too. Um, All right. Yeah, and there is so many good points battles going on there. All the vi- divisions will be racing tonight. It's going to be a super night. Might need a sweatshirt, but that's good racing weather. That's all right. Um, make sure you come out to Wisconsin International Raceway, support local racing. The Fox River Racing Club does a great job. Uh, tonight is Brico Services Night with Valley Liquor Fan Appreciation. So great night. Hope to see you out there. And we'll be doing some interviews tonight there. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we'll go out and we'll see who we can talk to some champions. And uh, uh, no corn tonight, so don't don't think you're going to get a belly full of corn. They're not going to let that go. But uh, but as for the beer, well, uh, yeah, uh, anybody out there that sees uh, sees me out there, I'll I'll take one from you, and I'll return you the favor. It's the kind of way I am, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Got to be that way. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed another edition here of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast presented by Double L Sports Network. Again, you can follow us at Double L Sports Network on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, it's LL Space Sports Space Network. Twitter is LL Sports Network, no spaces. So hope you enjoy the content. We'll be bringing more to you. You know, I think we're going to be doing a football podcast with that getting rolling here as well. So stay tuned to all the news that we bring to you, and we appreciate you following and listening. Yeah, yep, absolutely. It's fun doing this, and uh, uh, we're going to have a good time talking to some uh, talking to some drivers tonight. We'll do some interviews, and uh, and we'll wrap up the uh, the Thursday night thunder tonight out there at Kirkana. Yep, hope to see you out there. Thanks, Mark, again for joining, and uh, we'll see you tonight. See you tonight.